we, we welcome you to our family series today. And in our sharing, we will be looking at the evil of jealousy in a family. Beware of jealousy. Welcome to our family series. As we look at the story of Cain and Abel. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 4. We are studying the lives of children in the families and looking at how parents can cooperate with God to shape their children and how children can equally cooperate with God and their parents to be the type of children that God ordained them to be. Genesis chapter 4. From verse 1, Adam laid with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. So when Cain was born, Adam attributed the birth of Cain to the help of the Lord. And that's exactly what happened for each child to come into the world. Every child comes into the world as a help from God, as a gift from God. And children must be made to recognize that they are gifts from God. And parents should know that the children came because God helped them in order to have those children. And that is why children should be dedicated, handed over to the Lord, because it was the Lord's help that made the parent to have those children. And children should be told, it was because of the Lord that we had you. And that is why we are giving you back to the Lord. In consecration, we give back to the Lord the child that God gave to us. In true consecration, we give back to the Lord that which God has given to us. The Bible says, later she gave, gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and can walk the soil. Children will choose different professions. Children will choose different pathways, different traits that they want to involve themselves in. It is not for parents to impose it upon the lives of the children. And when parents do that, they destroy something in the life of the children. Parents should study the passion of the children and help the children to accomplish the passion that is on their heart. Parents are not supposed to transfer their own passion upon the heart of the children so that the children begin to labor with a different passion on their heart, the passion of the parent. Instead, children, parents should study the children know their passion and help them to give themselves to the passion that is upon their heart. If not, we will produce children that will be very, very frustrated in life. So Abel kept flocks, can walk the soil. Though they came from the same parent, each of them chose a different type of profession to carry out. One was 
a keeper of animal, another one was walking the soil. And there is no profession that is better than another. It is all a matter of passion. Verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Why did he do that? Children are taught that everything comes from God. When Cain knew it, he came as a help. God helped the parent in order to have him. Definitely the parent taught these children that when God gives to you, you equally give back to God. And there are parents who are not teaching their children to know that everything we have come from God. And if you give it back to God as an appreciation, God blesses it. And in another way, God enriches you. Many parents are not teaching their children to give to God. And as a result of that, they produce children who will end up perpetually poor. Because true wealth is always a gift from the Lord. So Cain, in the course of time, from the fruit of his work, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. How much are your children bringing to God? What have your children seen from your life? That when God gives, God should be given back part of what he has given to us. Because God gives to us in order that we may use some for ourselves, but God equally gives to us in order that we may give some back to him as an appreciation of what he has done for us in order to develop our love relationship with him. God gives for us to us in order that we may use some as seed to plant, and then what we plant is what we will harvest. But many parents are not teaching their children to give to God. We teach children by our examples. When we give to God, children will learn that whatever God gives, the first thing is we equally give back to God. So Cain did the right thing. Unfortunately, he did it in a way that did not satisfy the heart of God, as we shall see. So he brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Verse 4. The Bible says, but, listen to the word but, but Abel brought, number one, fat portion from some of the firstborn of his flock. Abel's giving, number one, was fat portion. Number two, it was the firstborn of his flock. Abel put God first. The person who puts God first will be accepted by the Lord. The Bible says, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Before God receives anything from us, God first of all looks at our lives. When we give to God, God is not compelled to receive from us because God is not in need. God receives from us as a favor to us. He does favor to us by receiving our gift. 
There are many people who think that God is so poor that God begs from them for them to give to him. God is not a beggar. Number one, Abel gave a fat portion. For Cain, Cain just picked whatever he could pick among his, the fruit of the soil and gave to God. Abel put God first. If you put God first, it shows that your heart is correct. When a man's heart is correct, in the use of his money, he put God first. In the use of his time, he put God first. In his relationship, he put God first. In the practice of his profession, he put God first. The person who put God first will be acceptable before the Lord. But if you make God one of the people around, if you make God just one of the things, you will be rejected by God. God cannot accept your gift if he has rejected you and he rejects you when your heart is wrong towards him and your heart is wrong towards him when you don't respect him, when you don't honor him. In our giving, we honor God. In our uh, relationship, we honor God. In our service, we honor God. In the practice of our profession, we honor God. We honor God by putting God first. The Bible says, Abel brought fat portions. Not just a fat portion, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Fat portion. He looked at this animal. It was fat. He said it belonged to God. Look at that one. It was fat. He said it belonged to God. Look at the other one. Fat and healthy. He said this one belonged to God. The person who gives the best to God will be treated as the best by God. The person who despises God. He gives some of the portion to God, but not the best, will be treated by God in the same way. How do you treat God? And how are you teaching your children to treat God? The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. God looks at your life, and if your heart is correct, if you honor him, God will look at your life with favor. And then he looks at your offering. If your offering is the best, the fat portion from the firstborn, God will accept your life, accept you, accept your offering. But you can be rejected, your offering rejected. God can accept your life but reject your offering because your heart is not, what you give to him, you keep the best for yourself. Verse 5, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. He looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Do you normally ask yourself whether God had looked at you with favor? God had looked at your offering with favor, or you just give and think that this beggar God will accept whatever I give to him. God is not a beggar. 
A cattle, the silver and gold belong to God. A cat, the cattle on a thousand here belong to God. Everything here on earth belong to God. And God has given to us to use it to build a love relationship with him. Unfortunately, people use it in order to despise God. They think that God should beg them for, for them to give to God without knowing that they should beg God in order that God may receive from their hands that which can from God and as they God does that God accept them then they build a love relationship with God and then God will begin to favor them favor means God will bless you and bless you and bless you but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor so Cain was very angry and his face was downcast Anger is always a mark of a distorted personality. So that instead of asking, why has God not looked with favor upon my life and my offering? He became angry. And there are many people who are like that. Correct them, they become angry. If some people do better than them, they become angry. Such people will never learn anything in life. They are not humble to ask, why was my offering rejected? Why did I fail? Why was God not happy? Instead, they will tend to become jealous of those who are doing better than them. Beware of jealousy. And one of the marks of jealousy is that you are angry against those who are doing better than you. You keep your distance from those who are doing better than you. You criticize those who are doing better than you. You team up with other people to speak against those, to slander those who are doing better than you. You will never learn a thing. You will remain a mediocre all your life. Abe became angry. Not only angry, but his face became downcast. Is that your life? Do you go closer to some people to learn because they are doing better than you? Do you have siblings who have done better than you and you go closer to them to say, teach me how equally to do well? Or you, you prefer to despise them, speak evil of them, avoid them. It is because of the pride of your heart. Proud people keep their distance from those who are doing better than them. Proud people speak evil of those who are doing better than them. Proud people, they despise those who are doing better than them. Because they know if they come closer, the other person will look better. Why don't you go closer to somebody and learn because the person is better than you and improve your own ability? So Cain became angry. Angry against who? Angry against God. God, you have not received. God did not favor Abel. God did not favor Abel. It is the gift and the attitude of Abel's heart that drew the attention of, of God. It is equally the wrong attitude of Cain's heart that make God, made God to despise him. To tell him, to, to, not to accept him or accept his gift. God is not compelled to accept us. God is not compelled to accept our gift. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, 
Why are you angry? Have you ever asked yourself the question, why are you angry? When you are corrected, why are you angry? When you are rebuked, why are you angry? When you wake up in the morning, why do you just give yourself to anger? It is because something is wrong in your life. Most of the time you are proud. You are sick in the inside. Anger is a manifestation of inner frustration. And the fr it is not because of what people have done. It is because of who you are. For many people, point out their sin. If their sin is pointed to them, they become angry. If their arrow is pointed to them, they become angry. They are internally sick. Cain was sick. <clears throat> Cain, even though he was the firstborn, who ought to have shown the right example, he was raised by the same, the same parent that raised Abel. And Abel was doing better than him. And instead of turning to him and saying, Brother Abel, what did you do in order that God accepted you and accepted your offering? Abel would have told him, number one, I selected the best. Number two, I did not eat any of my fruit animal before giving to God. I gave God the best. I gave God the first. Then Cain would have corrected his error, unfortunately, because he was too proud. He preferred anger than sitting down to learn. He preferred to be angry than being humble to learn. And that's the life of many people. There are many people who never learn a lesson all their lives. Because they are always angry. Always angry. Do better than them. They are angry. Correct them. They are angry. Rebuke them. They are angry. Leave them. They are angry. They will never learn a thing in their lives. They are always making and repeating the same error and repeating the same error because they will not sit down to learn. God asks, why are you angry? You ought to ask yourself. Each person should ask himself, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Why are you sad? Why is your face downcast? It is because of something that is going on in your heart. Could it be that people are doing better than you? And instead of humbling yourself to learn, you prefer sadness. You prefer a morose face. You prefer to be downcast. It is normally a mark of pride. A mark of self, full of yourself, that you cannot humble yourself. You prefer to be, to be sad and keep everybody at their distance. Verse 7, if you do what is right, the Lord told Abel, if you are Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do what is right, you will be accepted by God, you will be accepted by man, you will be accepted by your bosses, you will be accepted by your husband, you will be accepted by your wife, you will be accepted by your parents. But if you do what is wrong, but if you do not do right, get it, if you do not do right, if you do not do right, if you do not do right, sin is crouching at the door. When you do evil, when you don't do right, sin is waiting. Sin is waiting. Waiting at the door of your heart to do what? Sin is crouching at the door. Sin is crouching at the door, at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Downcast 
And after a time, all sorts of sin are in your life. When instead of being disciplined and humbling yourself, you prefer anger, you prefer anger, and then you prefer to be downcast, many other sin will rush into your life and master you. Ken was being told here, sin is crouching at your door because you have not done right and you have not accepted that you have not done right and you are ready to fight the person who has done right. And that is what is happening in the life of many people. They will not accept their fault. They will not accept that they are wrong. They will not accept that somebody has done better than them. They are looking for faults in the life of people instead of looking for the one good thing in somebody's life and learn it and then improve their own life. They are looking for faults in order to use it against those who are doing better than them. They will always find one fault. They are constantly looking for one fault to use it against a person. At the place of work, they are looking for one thing. In marriage, they are looking for one thing. In the church, they are looking for one fault. All over, they are always looking. Sin is crouching at your door. Sin is very near because you have not done right. You have not done right. And you have not done right. And instead of accepting the fact that you have not done right, you are angry when you are corrected. You are angry when you are rebuked. You are angry. Your anger does not change the fact that you have not done right. Your sadness does not change the fact that you have not done right. People will keep their distance because nobody will want to be in that sad environment. Nobody will want to be in that ang- angry environment. But it does not change the fact that you have not done right. Your reaction when others are doing better than you does not change the fact that they are better than you and that they can be your teachers. They can help you in that particular area. The Lord told Cain, sin is crouching at your door. Sin is very near. Sin is very near. When anger comes, sin is very near. When sadness, downcasted first, begin to show forth, sin is very near. When you find yourself depressed, constantly sad, because you are indisciplined in the inside, you do not know how to control yourself. You do not know how to say to David, speak to yourself, my soul, why are you downcast? Arise and praise the Lord. One thing goes wrong in your life, and then you become so downcast, and after a time, many other things go wrong. And the thing will multiply. And this sickness will come. This sickness will come. This sick- Because you lack the humility to learn. You lack the humility to accept that you are wrong. You lack the humility to say, I want to change. You lack the humility to desire to change. You lack the humility to go closer to those who can help you to change. You prefer to keep your distance, speak against them, fight against them. And then push them by your anger, away by their your anger, by your sad face. And they will keep their distance. And they will, when they keep their distance, those who could have helped you, somebody who will not help you, called the devil, will come near, bring sicknesses, headache. He will bring sicknesses, one problem after the other. Your life will be ruined. Verse 8. Now Cain said with his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. He was the elder brother. He told his brother, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Jealousy 
is the genial brother of the sin of murder, of the sin of hatred. When you are jealous, Abel has done, had done nothing wrong to Cain. Abel just did the right thing to God. Are there people who are committed to God and instead of you also decide, deciding that you'll be committed to God, you spend all your life being jealous against them, speaking against them. You are a murderer in the making. Jealousy is the pathway of murder. A jealous person will kill the person physically. A jealous person will hate somebody. And the Bible says, when you hate someone, you have killed the person already. Jealousy is a terrible sin. It brings bitterness. It brings anger. It brings slander. It brings gossip. It brings resentment. It brings faction. It makes you to look for lies, to speak against the person. Beware of the sin of jealousy. Abel did nothing evil against Cain. Abel just did his best in the worship of his God. But his brother became angry, became downcast. Why the way he called his brother? Let's go to the field. Should, we have, should people begin to avoid you because you are jealous? Should people become suspicious of you that you may kill them because they have done better than you? How many people have you killed with your word just because they have done better than you? Why don't you acknowledge the fact that this person has done better than me and therefore I can gain something from his life? Why they were in the field, can attack his brother and kill his brother. That was his genuine brother that he ought to have been protecting. How many people that you ought to have protected have you killed? Have, how many people you have damaged the reputation of people whose reputation you ought to have been protecting? Cain attacked his brother, <clears throat> killed his brother. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Whatever you do, there is somebody who has seen it. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, God saw Cain killing Abel. And God asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is your brother? Where is your brother? Could that be what God is asking you now? Where are those people who are in your life? Where are those people who are very close to you? Where are those people you used to call your friend? Have you killed them out of your heart just because they did better than you and now you have become such a lonely person in your own corner alone because you have not acknowledged that anybody is better than you? You prefer to kill the relationship. Some even prefer to break the marriage. Some even prefer to keep their distance from siblings just because they have been pressed and they themselves have not been pressed. Where is your brother Abel? What did Cain say? I don't know. They lie, a lie, falsehood. A jealous person will be false. You will tell lies. And God knew everything. It is God who is asking. And God is asking, where is your brother? I don't know. Not only did he say, I don't know. 
he replied, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, he was his brother's keeper. He was responsible to take care of his brother's keeper. Unfortunately, he is now arrogant against God, arrogant against the almighty God. And then not only is his lie, he's arrogant. If he was not his brother's keeper, was he supposed to be his brother's murderer? If you cannot keep your brother, if you cannot protect the reputation of your brother, leave his reputation neutral. Damage nobody's life. Verse 9, verse 10. The Lord said, what have you done? What have you done? Why don't you ask yourself, what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. That's what God told him. God said, I saw you killing your brother. And the blood of your brother is crying out to me from the ground. The blood of your brother is crying out to me from the ground. When you kill somebody, the blood is crying out to you from the ground, cry out to God from the ground. And that child that you aborted, that child, that innocent child that you aborted, the blood is crying out to God from the ground. The blood is crying out. The blood went to the ground, but the blood has a voice. And God knows the language of, uh, of that blood. It is cry out to God, avenge my blood, avenge my blood, avenge my blood. You may not have physically killed somebody, but you have damaged the reputation of, the, of someone. The reputation of that person is cry out to God from the ground. Your brother blood cry out so to, to, to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse. This is the tragedy of, of jealousy. You are under a curse. Jealousy that moved him to kill and therefore brought a curse upon him. He brought a curse upon himself. And the Lord said, you are driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. The ground... Re started reacting against him. The evil you do will haunt you all the days of your life. Don't take a step. The Lord told him sin is crouching at the door, at your door. You must master it. You must not permit that sin to go the next step. You must not permit that lustful heart to go the next step. You must not permit that evil desire to go the next step. Master it. If you don't control sin, sin will control you. If you are in discipline, that sin will ruin, will ruin your life. It says you are under a curse. And then you are driven from the ground that opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood. Verse 12, when you walk the ground, it will no longer yield a crop for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Oh, Cain, that was meant to, to, to be blessed. Cain, that could have been blessed and blessed and blessed by God. He is now operating under a curse. Every sin you commit will bring a curse upon your life. Don't yield to sin. Don't destroy someone. Don't be arrogant. Don't be arrogant against God. Don't be unrepentant. 
When you walk the ground, it will no longer yield its crops. In many places, people are walking and there's no yield, no, no, there's no blessing, there's no fruit coming out because of the many sins that have been committed. If people only sat down to ask themselves, why is there no productivity? Why is the ground no longer yielding its crop? But people want to work harder and work harder and work harder. The harder they work, then the more they fail because the problem is not lack of hard work. The problem is that they are under a curse. You will be a restless wanderer. Many people cannot settle. They cannot settle in marriage. They cannot settle in a place. They cannot settle in a profession. They cannot settle anywhere. They are restless wanderer because of the blood of people they have shed. They are restless wanderer because of the life of people they have damaged. They are restless wanderer because of orphans they have destroyed. They are restless wanderers because of widows that they have destroyed. They are restless wanderers because of the reputation of people they have destroyed destroyed and they cannot settle anywhere they go to one country they want to change and go to the next they join this profession they want to change change out to another profession they enter into marriage very soon they want to divorce the spirit of divorce is a curse look at how many people are divorcing people cannot settle in marriage because they are operating under curses 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 they always think this girl will be better than this and then the ones they, they are changing, 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 changing women. The, the, the way you change, I don't know what. Because they are under a curse. They cannot settle with one person because they are restless wanderers. They always see the fault of one person. They see fault all over the place. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. The painful thing with Cain is that there is no one place that Cain repented. The tragedy of unrepentance is that the punishment, instead of saying, I am sorry for what I have done, Cain is confronting his punishment. Many people are confronting their punishment instead of confronting the fact that they have pierced the heart of God. You have pierced the heart of God, and instead of saying the wounds, the the, the, the the knife I have put in the God's heart is so much, you are saying my punishment is more than I can bear. Why don't you just humble yourself, go down on your knee, and tell God, God, I am sorry. It is me who brought this problem upon myself. It is not God who brought you problems. Cain said, my punishment is more than I can bear. My punishment is more than I can bear. Yes, your sin will bring upon your life punishment more than you can bear. So before you take the pathway of sin, know that the punishment that will come upon your life will be more than what you can bear. Before you take the pathway of immorality, know that the punishment that will come upon your life is more than you can bear. Before you take the pathway of corruption, know that the punishment that will come upon your life is more than you can bear. Before you take the pathway of destroying the images, slandering people, gossiping against people, destroying the life of people, know that the punishment that God will put upon your life will be more than you can bear. My punishment is more than I can bear. Number one, today you are driving me from the land. Yes, he was being driven away from the land. Some people can, uh, they have land all over, they have nations that to which they belong, but they are driven because they cannot settle. 
and he said, and I will be driven, I will be hidden from your presence. He knew it very well. Sin hides the presence of God from a man. You can no longer fellowship with God. You can no longer enter into intercourse with God. You are hidden. The presence of God is hidden from you. I will be hidden. And that's the most painful thing about sin. The most painful thing about sin is not that you will lose material blessing because the material blessing may still be there. But you have the faith of God will be hidden from you. That's what is called broken fellowship with God. Has your fellowship with God been broken to the extent and to the extent that you don't even feel it? You don't even care. You are too far away from God and you are caught up with material things all over. My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me away. And I will be a restless wanderer in the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. He knew that because he has committed a sin of murder, anybody who sees him will kill him. What you do will be done to you. What you do, you have planted a seed. And that seed, oh, it will be done to you. You will be killed even people see you if God does not intervene as he did here in the life of Cain. Cain knew it. Whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said, to care. Not so. God does not want us to revenge. God does not want us to revenge. God said, not so. If anyone kills Ken, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Whoever revenges will bring suffering upon himself. Even Ken who killed his brother. God said, if you kill him, if you revenge, the tragedy of people who always want to revenge, always want to take things in their hand, is that the punishment that they wanted to go to others, rather like as a boomerang and hit back on them. Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who, who found him will kill him. So Cain went out from the, from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod. He went out from the presence of the Lord, broken fellowship with God. He lost the presence of God. He could hear the voice of God before. God could speak to Cain and Cain will hear. What are we finding now? We are finding a Cain that God is, he can no longer hear the voice of God because he is no longer in the presence of God. He left the presence of God. He went out from the presence of God. And here we find a man. Where is he? Cain is a restless wanderer, roaming all over, roaming all over. He has lost God. And maybe many people don't know the greatest treasure you can have is the presence of God. It's not even material thing. It's not this cast. It's not the houses. When you have lost God, you have lost the greatest gift that you could ever have. The greatest treasure, the greatest possession that you could ever have. Oh, Cain went out from the lost presence. Have you gone out from the lost presence and you don't care about it? Have you gone out from the lost presence? You don't care, you don't care, you don't care. Ken went out. Oh, how painful. How painful. Ken left the presence of God. Just like Adam, who was driven away from the garden. Ken, he's, he's not in the garden. He's not in the presence of God. He is driven away from the presence of God. What a pain. What a disaster in the life of a person. When a man has lost God, he has lost the greatest treasure. 
And where did he go? He went, he lived in the land of the north. The land of the north is the land of the wanderers. Roaming all over from one place to the other, one idea after the other, one plan after the other, one business after the other. There is nothing that can ever satisfy a man who has lost God. What do we learn from the story of Abel and Cain? We learn the fact that God should be put first. What God gives us, we take back and surrender it back to him. We should honor God. We learn from the story of Abel and Cain the fact that when somebody has done better than you, go and humble yourself and learn. Instead of being angry, instead of being sad, instead of being downcast, go and humble yourself and learn. We learn from the story of Cain and Abel the fact that instead of being arrogant towards God, humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself. God does not accept a man's gift without first accepting the man. Let your life be correct and God will accept your gift. God will accept your service. God is looking for us before our things. Put your life right with God. And when things go wrong, accept that you have gone wrong. Don't concentrate on your punishment. Concentrate on your distortedness. Put your life right with God. And as you put your life right with God, God will handle the issue about the punishment. Don't complain about your punishment. Complain about your evil heart. Talk again. Cry concerning your evil heart. Cry out to God for a transformation, transformation of your evil heart. That your heart may be correct instead of looking at the punishment. Sin brings a curse. Sin brings a person to a point that he will lose God. Sin brings a person to a point that he will be driven away from God, God's presence. Sin produces a man who can never settle. He cannot settle in relationship. He cannot settle in business. He cannot settle in a nation. He cannot settle in anything. He can never, never, never settle. Even his mind is not settled. Sin produces an angry, discontented person. Run away from sin. Don't be jealous. Be humble and learn. Be humble and learn from your junior brother. Be humble and learn from your subordinate. Be humble and learn from your wife. Be humble and learn from your children. A humble person is a person who will go very far with God. Even when you do wrong, you go down on your knee and repent, and then you learn and correct your error tomorrow. Your life will never be the same. Beware of a jealous heart. Beware of the sin of jealousy. Do not be the next king who will be released to start roaming one nation after the other, who will never settle in anything, who will never settle in marriage, never settle in your profession, because you have lost God. Beware of the sin of jealousy.